Morning, everyone. Can we give a hand for all the volunteers who have served this morning? Coming in early as early as 6, 7, 6.30 a.m., preparing cafe, traffic marshals, worship team visuals. Oh, we thank you all for serving even our Grace Kids uh, staff, team, and, and leaders as well. We're so grateful for everyone that's serving behind the scenes and in front. Uh, would you do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and say, it's Christmas season. Then turn to the other neighbor and say, you got your present already? So good morning. We are so glad that you're here today with us. Yeah, I'm making an emphasis. So glad you're here today with us. And if this is your first few times with us, we want to welcome you. For those of you online, our online family, welcome home. Those of you who are Gracians, welcome home. See, in a blink of an eye, like what Pastor Lee Chiu has mentioned, we are already in December. You know, another blink and we'll be in 2023. In a few weeks' time, the whole world will be celebrating Christmas together. And I don't know about you, but for me, whenever it's near the end of the year, I look forward to seeing, you know, the lights at Orchard Road, what's the new design and decoration. Uh, to the, some of us, the snow at Tanglin Mall, I managed to bring my kids there. It, it felt so crowded and so hot, but it was fun for my kids. Uh, I was sweating non-stop. Uh, but yeah, snow sweating uh, goes together very well. Yeah, and so we're having fun. And of course, how many of you know outside uh, tanks, mall, there's a Bible verse that they always put up. So there's this special feeling eh, about this season. And somehow, uh, you know, Christmas gives this uh, vibe and atmosphere of something very special to us. And as we marvel at the decor, the lights, the gifts of this season, I want us to also take a moment you know, to reflect, to marvel at the awe of what this season truly represents. It's about God giving us His greatest gift, the best gift of sending His Son, Jesus. So let us pray before we continue in the message. Father, we thank You for this morning that we can gather in Your presence. Holy Spirit, would You teach us and help us to wait on You well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. How many of us here, just a show of hands, love waiting? Waiting. Anybody? I, oh, got anybody? Uh, oh, nobody, because you want the message to faster end, right? Uh. See, no one raised our hands. Why? Because most of us here, we don't really like waiting. You know, as Singaporeans, we are known to be kiasu, and with that comes a great deal of impatience that we carry. I mean, let's talk about public transport. For some of us, for those of us who take the public transport, before we even go to the bus stop or the train, we're already checking what's the, the next timing that is coming. For those of us in the train station, we look at the screen, we see six minutes, ah, six minutes. We see one minute, oh, we are very happy, next train come already. You know, that, that feeling of waiting, we, don't, we try as much as possible to avoid it. And of course, there's those who are waiting for the table at a hawker centre, you know, during lunch peak hour, and someone is sitting down there, just started having their food, and then there's a whole crowd of audience looking at them. When are you going to finish your food, you know? Uh, we want to take the table already. You know, everybody doesn't like to wait. Whether it's public transport, visiting the doctor, or waiting for a table, none of us really like to go through this waiting game. And even as we approach Christmas and highlight the story of the birth of Christ in the next few weeks, there's actually a story of a couple that went through a long period of waiting before they were able to experience God's gift for them. See, in the Bible, there's these two people called Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they were mentioned only once in the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke, where they waited almost their entire lives 
to experience God's gift. So I want us to think about this question as we go through this whole message. The question is this, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The title of the message is The All, and the big idea is this, gifts can be accepted and reshared. Gifts can be accepted and reshared. We read from Luke chapter 1, verse 5. It says here, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while they were serving, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, verse 9, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. I want to give a bit of background to this passage that we just read. See the opening line that says, in the days of Herod, king of Judea. It may seem like any other description story, but for the Jew living in that day and age, they would know that this would be one of the darkest moments in their history, living under the rule of King Herod the Great. See, King Herod was anything but good or great. He was known to be evil and vicious, a ruler that would not stop at anything to keep his power. He was known to kill any form of opposition that would come his way, including his own family members. That's how ruthless he was and how he was hated by the Jewish community. See, on top of that, while it was so dark for them, living under this ruler, there were 400 years of silence from God, from the last prophecy. No records of prophets or that rose up to speak to the people. There was no signs and wonders, no supernatural appearances of angels to the people. So imagine being in their situation, a Jewish community then. Not only was it dark living under this king, it was silence, complete silence from God. And they were crying to God saying, God, would you deliver us? Would you bring us a king to deliver us from our foreign oppressors? And it was at this point that Luke introduced the first two people before the birth of Jesus Christ, Zechariah and Elizabeth. So who is Zechariah? He was this priest that was given the task to enter to the temple of the Lord to burn incense. And this was no ordinary task for him. See, we must understand in order for him to go and burn incense in the temple, it was actually a very special and unique position. At that point of time, there were about 18,000, at least 18,000 priests serving the temple. And so in order to be cast, to draw lots and be going in to do the, the work, burning the incense at the temple, is as close to impossible or a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The Bible also recorded that Zechariah and Elizabeth were both righteous and blameless before God. And this didn't mean that they were perfect or sinless, but it meant that they loved the Lord. They put Him first before everything and they served Him faithfully. See, even though they were good and faithful people as the Bible described them, they still experienced, experienced much pain and disappointment. Both of them longed for a child for, for many years. And after years of trying and trying, Elizabeth was still barren. And in that culture, there was a stigma for those who were childless. They had to bear this stigma because people around them would be asking, what's wrong with them? See, in that culture, 
Children, having children is like our CPF today. That's security. My children will take care of me. They will look after me as I am older. I know that there will be someone to take care of me. And so being barren was likened to being cursed. Something was wrong with these people. Being cursed by God. Maybe they did something evil. Or maybe it was their parents who sinned. Or maybe it was their grandparents who did something. And now they are experiencing the mistakes over their lives. Can you imagine how Zechariah and Elizabeth felt in that moment? The many years of praying and asking God for a child, the decades of cycling between hope and disappointment, trying for kids again and again, only to amount to nothing. See, and now the Bible describes that they are so old. See, when the Bible says that they are old, they are very old. When the Bible says that they are advanced in years, it's not just 40, 50 years old, advanced in years, or 60 years old. It was about 80 to 90 years of age. See, there's this sense of permanent disappointment that hovered over them. After praying for so many years, and now in this old age, maybe nothing is ever going to happen. And maybe some of us are feeling this as well in our current state of life. We feel stuck in the cycle of hoping and then being disappointed. And maybe we share the similar thoughts of like, why me? You know, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? What did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong, God? Maybe some of us may even be feeling, God, have you, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten me, Lord? But can I encourage us that as we read this, just as Zechariah and Elizabeth both felt hopeless and resigned to their life's situation, God had not forgotten them. And God was still not done with them. In fact, He wanted to use this very ordinary and old couple for His glory. See, they could have given up. They could have given up just in that instance. Zechariah could have taken things into his own hands. For him, it's no issue to divorce his wife, find another woman, marry them, and have children. Because the main thing for them in that culture is to have kids. So he could have done it in his own way. They could have grown bitter against God and said, God, is this how you treat us? Oh, we'll just quit. I can't be bothered anymore. But no, the Bible records, instead of saying all these things or responding to God in that way, they remain faithful. They were known to be righteous and blameless. They still continued to serve the Lord despite their disappointment. We continue in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. It says, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been answered, heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you, nice name there, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from the mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Wow. The angel of the Lord appeared. And Zechariah was going to have a son. And this child was not any other, any ordinary son is going to be a great person before the Lord that the Lord will use and many will rejoice because of this son. 
this son is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. In other words, the angel is saying, Zechariah, your time has come. Your waiting has come to an end. There's no need for you to wait anymore. Your prayer has been answered. God is going to use you and Elizabeth. And at this point, you would imagine Zechariah would be jumping up and down or maybe holding his stick and jumping up and down, being celebrating and like, yes, finally, I prayed for 90 over years. Something has happened. But no. In fact, his reaction was far from that. He, his reaction revealed to us that he was stuck in disappointment. We read on in Luke chapter 1, verse 18, it says, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? I am an old man. My wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. See, even when something supernatural, extraordinary happened right before Zechariah's eyes, he was still doubtful about the future. That's what disappointment does over time. We become doubtful. We become cynical about life. Why? Because disappointment over time may lead to doubt, lead to us doubting God. So have you ever felt so disappointed that you can't seem to feel hope or find hope wherever you are? And maybe for some of us, we have lost the awe and wonder of who God is and what He has given us because of disappointment and doubt in our lives. Poor Zechariah was so stunned from the news when he heard from the angel that he, can't, he couldn't even reconcile what he just heard. Imagine him just standing there before the angel hearing this news about, oh, you're going to have a son. There's a miracle that's going to happen. And there he was just standing. Instead of hearing this news, he's looking at himself. I'm old. My wife is old. How can this be? How can I ever have a child? God, I, I don't believe you. My current state doesn't show me and prove to me that any miracle can happen. See, Zechariah was telling God, I've prayed so many years for deliverance and nothing happened. I prayed for you to deliver us from our barrenness and, and nothing has happened and now you're telling me that something is going to change with this current state? No way. God, we've been asking but nothing has happened and now you're telling me something has happened? I don't believe you. I don't believe you because right now we're too old. Maybe 50 years ago you came, still got a chance. But right now in this state, no. I don't believe you. And maybe some of us can empathize with Zechariah's response. Because our disappointment over a long period of time has formed a wall of doubt towards God. And because we're so used to our pain or disappointment, somehow we feel that it's impossible in our current state for any breakthrough or change to happen. We find it hard to accept what God is doing in and through our lives. See, in verse 18, it says here, Zechariah said this, How shall I know this? I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. How can this be? How can this be? In other words, if we look at this, some of us can identify with this. How can this be God? How, are you sure you're saying the right things? Are you sure this is what you're talking about? How can this be? I, I am an old man. Some of us are thinking, I'm too old for what you want to do in my life next. Or I'm too young. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. Oh Lord, I'm too weak. Oh God, I, I, I'm just too sick. I'm not well. I'm too disappointed or too hurt 
to step into whatever that you've, you've called me to or anything that you've given to me. See, some of us look at our current state of things and we deny what God can do in our lives. But the truth is that our present state of things in our lives have little to no influence or impact over God's power and His purpose. See, Luke 1 verse 19 says this later, that the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. As Zechariah said, I am old. The angel responds that I stand in the presence of God. See, church, I want us to understand this. God is able to deliver His promises despite our doubt and difficulties. God is able to deliver His promises despite our doubt and difficulties. See, Zechariah was too focused on his present state. He's too old. His wife is too old. In advance in years, it's impossible for them to give birth. And the angel of the Lord came and responded to Zechariah's doubt with, yes, I know you're old. I know, we know that everything is impossible. But God is able. God is able. I'm not any human that you meet on the street any day. I'm the angel of the Lord standing in the very presence of God ministering to you right now. See, I can imagine imagine Gabriel thinking, do you even know who God is? Do you even remember how powerful God is? Do you remember what God has done many years ago when he parted the Red Sea? Do you remember what God has done when he delivered the Israelites? Do you remember what God has done? Do you really understand who God is? And then that's where the angel says, it's time for you to, you know, and he silenced him. See, interestingly, in all of this thing, in this exchange between God, between the angel of the Lord and Zechariah, God did not reject Zechariah because of his doubt and unbelief. If I am there, I'm, I'm the angel, right? I'll be like, God, I, I just gave the most wonderful news to him and this guy thinks I'm a scammer, man. I think, I think let's move to the next person. But God did not do that. He didn't move on to any, anyone else. In fact, in God, in his grace and love and mercy, he continued to give Zechariah a sign. Instead of removing him, he said, I'm going to stop you from speaking. I'm going to keep you quiet because of your doubt. And I want you to keep quiet and watch me work. Time for you to shut up, Zechariah. Time for you to look up. No matter how difficult it was, and no matter how great their disappointment or doubt was, God was able to deliver His promise even if it meant for Zechariah to learn it the hard way of being silenced for nine months. Friends, I want to encourage us this morning, wherever we are, that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. No mistake in your past is so bad that would disqualify you from God's promises and His plans for your life. No sin so great that His grace cannot reach us and no pain so deep that His love cannot heal. See, nothing can stand between God and His plans for us, His promises for our lives. So again, I ask us, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you rejecting God's gift like what Zechariah did because of disappointment and doubt? Or are you waiting and trusting to accept His gift over your life? Maybe some of us, we look at ourselves like Zechariah and we say, change or breakthrough is impossible. It could be a personal crisis. It could be a health situation. Or it could be someone that's in your family or in your, in your life that you've been praying for and asking God to reach them asking the love of God to touch their lives. 
See, I remember growing up in my family, my parents, uh, they were the first Christians in their families. All right? So, uh, and before I came to this earth, my parents were already Christians and they were praying for their parents' salvation, praying for, for their parents to encounter God. And I remember uh, after I was born, my family had this rhythm of family devotions. Parents, please continue to keep family devotion. I'm a, I'm a, a result of what we've been doing uh, as a family, having family devotion. And we will meet every Sunday evening. We'll come together, we will pray. And my dad will always be praying for my father, my grandfather. He'll always be praying for his grandfather, uh, for my <laughs> grandfather, his father, and for his salvation. Since before I was born, he was praying. I was born, coming to this earth, we were still praying for him. And I remember every single week, we pray. Lord, we pray for my grandfather, for my year, year, you know, that he'll come to know you, give us an opportunity to reach him, Lord. And each year, when we went back for Chinese New Year in Malaysia, we would try to reach my grandfather. My dad would try to strike a conversation and try to talk about Jesus and ask how things are. The moment the word Jesus comes out, ah, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. You know, in Teochew, he speaks in Teochew, he says, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about Jesus. I don't want to hear about your God. And year after year, Chinese New Year after Chinese New Year, decade after decade, the same thing happened again and again. Rejection after rejection. And I can imagine how my father would have felt praying and asking God, God, I'm praying and seeking you for you to touch my, my father. Why is it that nothing has happened? Decade after decade, nothing has happened. And honestly, as I was sitting in those family devotions praying for grandfather's salvation, to be honest, I doubted. Uh, to be honest, I was like, Ah, yeah, let's just pray this again. Ah, you know, nothing's going to happen. But my dad didn't look at it in that point of view. And I remember one day we received news that my grandfather uh, in Malaysia, he, he had uh, severe diabetes and he was, um, he had to go to, he was rushed to the hospital and he had to amputate both his legs. And so we rushed to Malaysia, drove down two hours uh, and we saw him at the hospital bed and I saw my dad just tears rolling down his eyes looking at my grandfather, both legs gone, lying on the bed, helpless. And at that point of time, it felt as though hope is all gone. Like, how? How are we going to help my grandfather? So I remember my dad remained there by his bedside and just prayed with him, just tried to talk to him, even if he was not ready. My dad just continued to minister to him, talk with him, pray with him. And friends, the amazing thing is, in that moment, my grandfather gave his life to Jesus. My grandfather said yes to Jesus. And that was a moment that I will never forget because a few days later, he passed on. He passed on just a few days later. See, what would have been disappointment that could have become doubt did not remain that way because if we continue to believe that God is able, He's really able to deliver His promise over our lives. And so today I'm asking us, what are you waiting for? What are you asking God for in your life, for Him to intervene? That His plan to be moved in your life, His purpose to be evident in your life. Because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Know that God is working even when we don't see it or even when we don't feel it. Amen. Amen. We read on in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. It says here, Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. And she bore a son and her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. 
And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have him call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And, the, and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And as he spoke, Blessing God. Friends, the name John actually represents Yahweh has shown favour or the gracious gift of God. In other words, God had graced them with the gift of this child called John the Baptist. And the moment Zechariah wrote that name out, that his name was to be called John, his mouth was opened and released to speak. And the very first things that he said was to bless God. And it led to a prophetic song later on. See, there's a huge contrast here from earlier when he doubted God and asked for a sign. After nine months, Zechariah has learned his lesson and he grew in his faith and trust towards God. And finally, Zechariah has accepted God's gift. See, later on in the prophetic song, we read in verse 67, he says, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. See, we can, we can all see a shift in Zechariah's heart. No longer was he doubtful, but he was filled with joy and awe for who God is and what God has done. His focus was no longer about his situation. In fact, his response shows us what's most important to him now. It's no longer about crying for something or being doubtful about anything, but Zechariah started his praise by singing a praise of songs, a song of praise unto God for the arrival of the Saviour, Jesus Christ. So the start of his song was praising God that he's going to send Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. And then only later on, he began to prophesy over his son, John. See, Zechariah understood God's promise and purpose for their lives. He prophesied over John that he would be the one that lead the people towards repentance and prepare the way for Jesus Christ. Zechariah knew that his son was a gift that had a purpose in God's plan. And this gift that God had for them was meant for others. See, if I were in their shoes, I'll be holding tightly to my son. I'm old already, not many years left. You know, I wouldn't want to let go of my son and hold on to him tightly and hold on to this precious gift and, and not release this at all. Why? Because this is so important to me, but not for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Because for them, even though they received the gift of John the Baptist, their son, they also released him for the work of God. They released him to do the work of God. See, the gift of this child was meant to be shared to the nation of Israel and he, as he led the people to repentance and pointed them to the Messiah. Can you imagine if Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't release their son and hold on to him and say, no, you stay at home, I'll lock you up because I want to just see your face until we die. Can you imagine what will happen? There'll be no repentance, there'll be no forgiveness, there'll be no signs of the Messiah coming because this man was supposed to prepare the way. See, the beauty and the point of Zechariah and Elizabeth's story did not end with just them having the miracle of this son. Rather, it was to point to a greater story about Jesus Christ who is coming, the Emmanuel, God with us. See, if God is able to deliver His promises 
despite our doubt and difficulties, then we today are able to share the gift we have received with others. We are able today to share the gift we have received from God with others. In the same manner, what has God gifted us today that can be released for His work and purpose? Just as Zechariah received this gift of this son, they released him to do the work of God. What about us today? Maybe God has gifted you with strength and energy in, in the prime of your life right now. Use it for His glory. Release it. Share it with others. Maybe those of us, we are blessed with children and family. Release it. How are you sharing this gift that God has given to you for others? Some of us, maybe we are blessed with success. And the question would be, how, how are you using this gift of success to influence others, to share this gift with others? Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your gifts of talents that you have. And maybe for most of us here, it's the gift of salvation that God has given to us. How are we releasing that and sharing that with others? How are we reflecting the gospel of Christ with our lives? How, are, are we just going through church and Christian life with just compartmentalizing our faith, you know, and out of convenience and comfort? You know, don't think so much. Don't need to bother, lah, you know. I, I don't need to do so much. Just do whatever I can. Bare minimum is enough. I just need to invite my friend for the special event. Let the pastors and the leaders do their job. You know, I just invite Candy. They don't come. I, at least I try inviting Ma. Friends, that's, that's not how it is. Can I encourage and challenge those of us that if you have experienced God's grace over your life, if you have experienced Christ over your life, share it with others. Share with, what God, share with others what God has done in and through your lives. If we have experienced the gift of Christ, let's not keep it hidden. What we, we have received as a gift from God, we are able to release it to others and to share it with them. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What is that gift that you've received that should be released to others, to be shared with others? What is that one thing you can do today to share the love of God with those around you? Maybe for some of us, it's time to pick up our phones and stop scrolling through Shopee and Lazada or YouTube and start texting that friend that you've been avoiding for a long time and just asking them how they are and encourage them and praying with them. Maybe for some of us, it's that change of attitude to have a better work ethic in our offices. Instead of going through a hustle culture, maybe we can choose joy in Christ to represent Him well wherever we are. And for those of us with families, maybe that one thing you can do to share God's love with others is to maybe simply be present at home with your family. Instead of always staying out, maybe it's working late or hanging out late with people, why don't you stay home and be present with your family members Especially for those of us, you know, I, yesterday I was just preaching to the next gen and I was telling them, funny, huh? you all say you want to reach your parents for Christ, but you are not at home. And the same is for us. Some of us say we want to raise godly children or we want our spouses to know Him or we want our parents to know Him, but yet we are barely there. And can I encourage us, you have this gift of this family with you. What are you doing to share God's gift to them? What are you doing today? to share with others. See, just as John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit, even in his mother's womb, it says that in Luke 1.15, the 
But the Bible also says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, that God will pour His Spirit on all flesh. And today, today as followers of Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit. See, John the Baptist was preparing the way of the Messiah, Christ, for Him to come. And He was filled in the Holy Spirit from the womb. And today, all of us here, those of us who have received Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are to prepare the way for Christ for others. We are here. We, you and I, we have the Holy Spirit to bring the kingdom of God wherever we are. See, we don't need to wait for a special event or for a pastor or leader to be present before we can do God's work. There is something each of us can start doing today to release what God has gifted us for others. You can invite the worship team up. So even as we dive over the next few weeks into the birth of Jesus Christ, about the season of Christmas, I want us to understand that this is not just any you know, like significant moment in history. It's not just about that. But it's about the awe and wonder of receiving the best gift that the world is looking for. See, Zechariah and Elizabeth waited almost their entire lives to experience God's gift. After much waiting and, and after much prayer, they probably felt very forgotten and helpless. And yet, you know what's the most beautiful thing about this passage? The interesting thing about it is their names. See, Zechariah actually represents the Lord remembers. And Elizabeth means God's oath. So when they come together, their names mean the Lord remembers His oath. The Lord remembers His oath. In other words, the Lord remembers His promise. The Lord remembers His promise. Maybe you're here today and you're going through a very difficult season. A season that is probably filled with disappointment, maybe even doubt and questioning God whether this is real whether you are real God. And maybe you feel forgotten, hopeless and helpless where you are right now. Friends, no matter how difficult or how impossible things may be, the Lord remembers His promise. The Lord remembers His promise and nothing is impossible with Him. See, God is able to deliver His promise despite our doubt and difficulties. And because of that, we are able to share the gift we have received with others. So as I close, I ask again, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Across this room right now, I just want to give a moment for us to respond to this message. Maybe throughout the whole time, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and challenging you. Maybe you've been in church for a long time or maybe a, a, a short while. But today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, yeah, it's time. It's time for you to take the next step to do something about your faith. It's time for you to share the gift I've given to you in your life. It's time to share that that success, the time that you have, the people that you have received, the family that you have received, the gifts that you have received, it's time for you to share it with others. And 
for some of us, especially, God is saying, it's time for you to share what God has done in your life with others, the gift of salvation to others. There is something that you can do and the Lord is challenging you right now. Let's not remain dormant with our faiths. Let's not remain dormant with what God has given to us. So across this room with no one looking around, if that is you and you're saying, yesterday I want to take a step to activate, to be active, to do something about my faith, to share it with others. Across this room right now, can you just quickly slip out your hands? I see it and I'll pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may put on your hands. I also want to pray for a second group of people. And that is for those of us who have been seeking and praying for our loved ones to come to know Jesus. If you know of someone in your life that, that you've been praying for, that you want them to come to know Jesus, you would love for them to experience God's grace and love for their lives. If that is you, can you just quickly slip up your hands so that we can see it and we want to pray together as a church. Thank you. Hands going up all over. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, God, that even through the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth, a couple that was only mentioned once in the Bible, yet there was so much that we can learn from. That in their waiting, God, in their disappointment, in their doubt, God, you're still faithful. You're still gracious. You're still merciful. And you have your plan and your purposes. And nothing can stand against your plan your purposes and your promises. So today in this place, God, as we have experienced what you have gifted us, what you have blessed us with the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and for others, for all of us here, there are many things that you have blessed us with as well. Lord, I pray that we as a church, we will be the church. We will represent the kingdom of God wherever we are, and we will activate the gift that you've put in our hearts to share it with those around us. And for those of us who have been going through a very difficult season of disappointment and doubt, Lord, I pray right now that you will bring healing into our hearts. Right now, Lord, bring healing. Holy Spirit, would you touch our hearts and bring healing right now. Bring healing right now. Let your peace that is above all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And Father, we want to commit every loved one who has yet to come to know you. Lord, we pray and submit them into your hands and say, Lord, would you touch their hearts? Lord, would you open up opportunities for us to be able to reflect your glory, your grace to their lives? Lord, would you be able to grant us the boldness and courage and the strength and the wisdom to speak, to represent you well to those whom we are reaching? And God, I pray that through this, Lord, we will see many come to know you, many come to know you, Jesus. That it's not about, you know, not about trying to get people here, but it's about trying to get people into the kingdom of God. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God. Help us to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving because you love us so much and you've gifted us with the greatest gift. So we thank you, Father. Today, use us for your glory, Lord. Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Church, can we give God a clap offering? Church, can we stand to our feet? Let's rise and let's respond with worship with this song as the worship team leads us. Where would I run? 
Where would I run but to the throne of mercy? Where would I kneel but at this cross of grace? How great the love, how strong the hand that holds us. Beautiful, so beautiful. Where would I run? Where would I run? But to the throne of mercy. Where would I kneel? But at this cross of grace. How great the love, how strong the hand that holds us. 